0: Oh, Ahoy, Mets fans. Welcome to uh, an Emergency Amazing Avenue podcast. My name is Brian. Uh, I am one of the co-hosts of uh, Amazing Avenue Audio, the show. I am joined tonight by Allison McCaig, one of the co-hosts of A Pod of Their Own. Hello, Allison. Hello, Brian. Uh, we are recording tonight under less than ideal circumstances. It is Friday, December 2nd. Jacob deGrom is no longer in New York Met officially. DeGrom signed a five-year, $185 million guaranteed no deferments, no trade clause, no state income tax contract with the uh I almost said Washington Nationals which would be even worse. The Oh my uh, god, Brian, Texas Rangers. don't do that to me. You know, so I just saw that tweet that someone shared with uh the Nationals posting the Shawshank Redemption gif, so that's why I was saying that. But no, Texas Rangers um with a 6th year option that we haven't gotten a ton of clarity as to sort of what that option means, but um you know, I this is a tough one, Allison. I feel like I had just written up a quick, quick news piece about this, and I had said that you know, in a in a franchise that is known for their pitching, Degrom put himself on the highest level, alongside people like Tom Seaver and Dwight Gooden, in terms of just iconic, game defining, best of their era pitch starting pitchers, and you never want to see a guy like that walk, and he walked. And that it was, sucks. It's
1: is soul crushing.
0: <laughs> yeah. let's
1: soul crushing.
0: Let's get a couple of things out of the way before we go any further here. Um, it appears the Mets never had a chance to make a counter offer. That he got the offer from the Rangers and took it. And the Mets did not have a chance to counter. Which speaks to how poorly the relationship between the Mets and DeGrom has been as of late. You would think that he would have given them the opportunity to make the counter. Even if he didn't plan on taking it you sort of hope that they you go to them and say Yeah, I'll let you make a counter offer um we should also mention that DeGrom is going into his age 35 season and he has not had he has not pitched a full season in the majors since 2019 now 2020 is not his fault that was uh, right. everybody in baseball had the same situation but it's it I think for our purposes it still makes sense to mention that it hasn't been that there has not been a full season since 2019 that he has made 30 uh, ish starts. Um, we should also say that I mean, I I think I speak for Allison in this way. I know I speak for myself here that we are a pro labor podcast. And so yes. when players get paid, that is a good thing for everybody and mm-hmm. that we are not mad at Degrom for getting the bag necessarily. Nope. Um, we can think it sucks, but I'm not mad at the player for taking more guaranteed years and a, a position that will allow him to I mean, look. No matter what he was getting, he's going to retire comfortably, right? But this is going sure. to be a, you know, this is a life changing amount of money for generations to come in his family.
1: Absolutely. And yeah. so, I,
0: I, you know, we we have to be cool with that.
1: Yep. I mean, he made a choice. Like that's fine. I just am still very sad about it. It's, it's one of those things where it's like, I mean, yeah, maybe like. It seems like it's really like based on what the what everyone is tweeting and what is playing out uh, surrounding the news of this deal that this was really like like you said Brian like Degrom just like jumping at the Rangers offer and not seeming terribly interested in returning to the Mets. But it's kind of one of those things where it's like, what's the point of having the richest owner in the sport? If Mm -hmm. we aren't retaining our franchise player.
0: Right. And like Like, you said, I don't know if that's necessarily the situation here, but it certainly feels like the situation, whether, whether it's real or not, that's how it feels. It feels like we are, we squandered an opportunity to bring him back. Even if that opportunity wasn't necessarily there.
1: Right. Like, I don't know. It's like, it's kind of two levels. It's like, I guess there's the whole like, they didn't have the chance to counter offer. So even if you had all the money in the world, it wouldn't matter because he didn't want to be a Met. So that's sad. That makes me sad. Sure. Whatever. He made a choice. That's fine. He's He has every right to make that choice. Um, But then like the le- the layer before that is almost like, yeah, well, you guys, that means you guys ruined it then. And you soured the relationship so much that, this is what it's come to. I
0: like, guess there's a world where where neither of those are true, and he just wanted the most money he could get.
1: I suppose, but do you think he'd wait for what the Mets were offering him? Then. Right.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I'm trying to find an optimistic, uh, you know, reading of this, but and I think I don't you're right. Know,
1: like, because there's kind of two ways to read. Because the actual Mike Puma tweet, all it said was the Mets never reached a final offer on Jacob DeGraw. Like, it never reached that stage. Now, there's, like, basically two ways to interpret that. Way number one is, like, he jumped at the Rangers' offer immediately, didn't give the the Mets the chance to counter, and it feels like that's the way it played out based on the vibes because of how quickly it happened. Like, the winter meetings started, he signed immediately. Like, or the winter meetings haven't even really started, so... Um, like it happened very quickly, and so it feels like that, but there's also like option number two where, like, he kind of got the sense that the Mets were not very serious.
0: <laughs> so, In, Andy like, Martino, uh, our favorite, um, I, I, I hesitate to call, even call him a beat reporter, our favorite television personality, Andy Martino,
1: our favorite uh, collusion investigation star, yes, yes, Andy Martino. <laughs> yes,
0: collusion expert, Andy Martino. Uh, was on SNY and said this. I asked the Mets what their last and final offer was. What I was told was we didn't have the chance to formulate it. They were told in the last two hours, tops, that DeGrom was either signed with the Rangers or very far down the road. I guess that means very far from what the Mets were offering and the Mets felt like it was too late.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, it's kind of like DeGrom was just already, but, but like that could also be interpreted as like the Mets weren't as like as connected to him the whole time as we thought or like didn't keep constant lines of communication open the way that it kind of seemed like early in the off season reports were that like the Mets were contacting DeGrom's camp. They were talking to him um, and maybe that's not really all that true. If DeGrom just kind of like, went down this road with the Rangers and like didn't bother to tell the Mets until like two hours before it actually happened. Right. right. Um, where they were and deGrom just blew them off and didn't never wanted to sign with the Mets. And so he was just like, I don't really care about talking to them because I have no I have no intention of re-signing.
0: It it's it's just so disheartening for a bunch of reasons, right? I, I feel like there there's no way there's no way to sum up the depression that comes along with a franchise player walking over seemingly money that the Mets maybe could have offered him. Yeah. But I, I do want to say a couple of things. I think if, I, if you know, look, it, Chris and I are very, very quick to say on our show, it's not our money, it's Steve Cohen's money. So if you think it's too much money Steve Cohen's spending, that unless you're Steve Cohen or his family, Or his accountant, you have no business saying that, really. Um, But if you're looking at this from a pure baseball standpoint, I think five years is a lot to offer to Grom. I think it's probably too much. I'd be shocked if he's pitching in that fifth year of his contract, just based on how his recent health has gone. I hope I'm proven wrong. I hope he pitches till he's 50. But I just feel like with the injuries he's had lately, him pitching when he's 40... Seems like a bit of a long shot to me. Um, I understand. I think the Mets would have given him a no trade clause easy. I think the Mets would have given him basically the Clayton Kershaw deal where every year he gets to decide if he wants to add another year to his contract or not. I'm sure the Mets would have done something along those lines. I really think this is less about the Mets and more about what DeGrom wanted.
1: Yeah guaranteed years that he wasn't sure he was going to get. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, on one hand, yes, I think that's true. On the other hand, I keep thinking back to when Sandy Alderson talked about DeGrom's UCL and how much that pissed him off. Mm -hmm. Um, like I think that that really upset him and now I can't help but look back on that differently. Um, yeah, it's, it makes me wonder if his relationship with the Mets was so permanently soured that he was never going to come back. Like I just, it's weird because even knowing all of that and, and knowing intellectually that there was a chance, even a good chance, probably even a greater than 50% chance that he was going to walk. Like I did not allow myself to like imagine a world where Jacob Degrom was not a Met (laughs) until it like just happened. (laughs) Right. Like, I just like never let myself imagine that even though I knew that it was possible and even probable going into the off season. I just like didn't let myself imagine that world. And now we have, we are forced to imagine that world and live in that world. I'm not happy in it so far.
0: (laughs) I had thought that any issues that DeGrom had with the Mets as a, as an organization would have been either gone when the Wilpons left or seriously changed when the Wilpons left and Steve Cohen came in. There hasn't been that much interaction between Cohen and DeGrom that we know of, right? Um, Right. I I know that, you know, as you mentioned, there was the Sandy Alderson incident, but Alderson's on his way out. And I would think that DeGrom knows that. And I would think that Cohen would have made that abundantly clear in yeah. the conversations.
1: True.
0: Uh So that, that's the only part of this that, that, that is a little bit strange to me. I would just think that when I mean, DeGrom claims to enjoy ha- having played in New York, right. He's, he says he likes playing in New York and he likes the fans and all that. But I wonder yeah. if, if a guy who's, you know, 30 could be 35 years old, if he just feels maybe it's time to, to have a little bit less pressure on him every day. Yeah. And yeah, I don't, I, I mean I do you think that the Rangers are going to be playoff contenders in the next couple of years?
1: No. Um I mean they the Rangers are deeply odd organization. Um they you know they they spend money and they spent money last offseason too, you know? Um they they brought in like big name guys, but like they have nothing around those big name guys. Like they they are they seem perpetually convinced that they're one or two yes, signings away, yes, yes, from competing, and then they're like, we just need to make a big splash, and then we'll compete, and then they win seventy games again.
0: I mean, that goes back to like them signing Adrian Beltre all those years ago,
1: right? Exactly, exactly. Like they're not, like it, they're so weird. Like all uh, like the same. Like a lot of the teams, the other teams, like in that general, like sh- like uh. Like in that general level of like how many wins they average. You were gonna say season. strata.
0: You're a scientist. You can say I strata. I was gonna
1: say strata. You're
0: allowed in to. That,
1: in that general strata, a lot of teams that are in that general strata are like teams that are like sucking on purpose. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: Like you know, you, like they're or they're you're like Pittsburgh, rebuilding. You're Cincinnati's. Or, yeah. You're, uh, yeah. The Rangers are like not that. They're like not doing this on purpose. They're mm-hmm. like trying to be good but, like, not going all the way, but making, like, like making big signings, but then making none of the small signings. It's very strange. And this is another one of those. Like, obviously, they're willing to spend money. They just gave Jacob deGrom $180 million. Right. But, like, that's not going to... I mean, Jacob deGrom's really good, but, like, look at the rest of their rotation. Like,
0: mm-hmm. I'm about to,
1: like, Google their roster resource page. Like, who else is in that <laughs> rotation?
0: I... I... They did sign Bruce Bochy to manage them, didn't they?
1: Yes, they did. That's true. I forgot they did that, but they did. That
0: That is a good thing for the Rangers. I think Bruce Bochy is probably, you know, one of the better managers out there in terms of just, I think he's the type of guy, if you're trying to turn your team around, Bochy's a good guy to have on your side to do that. I don't know if that's going to mean anything for them over the next five years, but... All right,
1: here here is the Texas Rangers' current starting rotation as it stands today. Jacob deGrom, their number one, obviously. John Gray, Martin Perez, Jake Odorizzi, and Dane Dunning. That is not a playoff rotation to me.
0: (laughs) No, they need three starting pitchers in that rotation.
1: Yeah, like, please, that is not serious. I, like... And then it's like in it, it, the position players side is very similar. Like, you know, they signed Marcus Simeon. So it's like, great. You have an all-star level second baseman. And then you like look around and like leodi Tavares is their starting center fielder. And Josh Smith is their starting left fielder. And Brad Miller is their DH. Like, good Lord.
0: Yeah. It's rough. And that, yeah. that was the thing that I wanted to talk about is I really thought that DeGrom being the competitor that he is would want to be someplace where he would have the opportunity to win.
1: Right. I mean, so it goes back to what you said about like, maybe he just wants the spotlight off him for a little while. Mm -hmm. And that is the appeal of Texas where the media market's not as big as New York. But it's weird because that kind of goes both ways, right? Because on one hand, like, yes, you're leaving New York. You're also leaving the expectations of New York and Steve Cohen's Mets that are expected to be perennial playoff contenders every year. But then you're also like immediately by far the best player on your team. Mm -hmm. Like there's no one to take that heat off you, like at least uh, on the Mets, like. He had Max Scherzer atop the rotation alongside him, big star. He had, you know, that he was surrounded by star power. He had Francisco Lindor, $300 million man taking a lot of the he makes too much money heat off the Grom mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. he was injured. So like I I don't know like which like which is actually better the smaller media market or like you know, not actually being the only star on your team.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I don't know. I, I think he's just DeGrom has never been comfortable with the media. Never. Um, he has never been that guy who wants to answer questions. He has never been the Francisco Windor or the Pete David Alonzo. Wright or the Pete Alonso who's like comfortable talking to the media, which is fine. Like that's okay. Not everyone has to be that guy. Um,
0: but Mike Piazza like, wasn't that guy.
1: Mike Piazza wasn't that guy. Very true. Um, but like in in Texas, he's going to be the only guy like, yeah, there aren't going to be as many beat reporters asking him questions, but he's going to be the only one they're going to want to ask questions to.
0: I just to me, watching the competitive nature of the Grom, I mean, look, I'm sure there were days that that ballpark is is pumped up, but I don't know if that if they're ever going to get city field in September energy out of that ballpark.
1: Globe life field.
0: <laughs> I couldn't even name it. I mean, you know, I was at the That's... ballpark at Arlington, but that was, that was years ago now. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it just, it just seems to me like there's not going to be a, uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't see the, I don't see this ending very well for DeGrom. I, and I'm not trying to shit on the guy. I love the guy. He's my favorite pitcher. I ever watched pitch in, in a, in a Mets uniform. Just, I mean, R.A. Dickey is a close number two, but DeGrom was different than that. DeGrom was, there are very few times DeGrom in life. DeGrom was
1: different than anyone.
0: Yes, there are very few times in life when you realize you are watching the best thing possible. Yes. And we were watching the best pitcher possible. I was at a start in 2021. He came out of the game early. I think he only lasted four innings. But in those four, I was with a Yankee fan friend of mine. Hello, Anthony, if you're listening. And uh, Anthony leaned over to me at one point and said like, I've never seen anything like this, right? And you know, just that—that's what that's what you get with Degrom. And so, you know, it is hard to enjoy that as fully as you should in the moment. But I just—I I don't know. I—I I, I feel like there's a very good chance that Degrom pitches a perfect game in 2023, and then doesn't pitch again for a year and a half.
1: It's possible.
0: Or he pitches the next two years and the last three years are a total wash. Because, yes. I, you know, there, there, there's a lot of options. He's a, he's an older pitcher with the injury history now. You know, I know he doesn't have as many miles on his arm as a lot of other guys do because he was a shortstop in college, blah, blah, blah. We've all heard that story a hundred times. I get it. But I just I, I I would have made the move as the Mets because he's Jacob DeGrom and we're the Mets and we have Steve Cohen as our owner. I don't know if I'd make that move if I was the if I was the Rangers.
1: Yeah, that's the puzzling thing to me because to me like it's very easy to sit here and say like yeah, the Mets like and regardless of whether they had the actual opportunity to or not, the, the Mets should have matched or exceeded that offer because you can't put a price tag on Jacob DeGrom lifetime met. You just can't. Um, and you should pay whatever price it takes for that to happen. Um, but for a, a non-Mets team, I I don't think this is actually all that good of a business decision necessarily. I don't know. Like, I'm I agree. confused about where the Rangers are coming from here. Other than just like it's Jacob de Gram, I guess. But like, what what like what else are you doing then? Show me what else you're doing. If you think that like, sure sign the best pitcher available great but like if you if you think you're winning the world series and that's all it takes then i have a bridge to sell you mm-hmm. like they need to keep going if they keep going god bless like they're trying sure that that would that would make me excited to see more teams trying but just this in a vacuum i don't understand it from a rangers perspective at all
0: Unless they are trying to do something like they need to goose their season ticket sales over yeah, the next three C, years. Look, we're
1: trying. We signed Jacob deGrom. Look how great it is.
0: Yeah. Maybe that's the thought process here. I don't know. It just it. And I would also understand it more if it was the Braves. First, if it was the Braves. I couldn't bring myself the podcast tonight.
1: No, we wouldn't be talking. I would be walking into the Anacostia River as we speak.
0: (laughs) I live on water. You'd find me at the bottom of it. Um, Right. But, you know, if it was the Braves, I understand it. Because the Braves are one superstar away from being the most dominant team in the National League. Correct. I could understand it if it was the Phillies or the Dodgers Or the Yankees. There are lots of teams that make sense for DeGrom. But the Rangers were like, people were saying this six months ago. Yeah. Like, oh, he's going to sign with the Rangers. And I understand why people thought that because of the money and whatever. But I still don't know what the Rangers get out of this, aside from just getting the best pitcher in baseball for a couple of years. Yeah, I don't know.
1: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I also think it's unlikely that he is at least his Jacob Degrom self for the entirety of that contract. Agreed. But if he is, then he's a Hall of Famer, and he might actually wear a Rangers cap in the damn Hall of Fame. Oh man which would be nauseating. But like if he is if he is good for all five years of that contract, especially if they somehow win something during that time, like there you go, Hall of Fame. Um, That will make know.
0: me more mad than Gary Carter going in as an expo.
1: Yep, me too. Um, But it's something that we have to like, I don't know, gird our gird our loins for that, <laughs> I guess, that <sighs> possibility. Um, that's certainly a possibility now, even if I don't think it's like particularly likely. Um, mm-hmm. But something that I, an interesting thought that that does bring up is like, okay, regardless of how this Rangers contract plays out for him, like how does this change or not his Mets legacy now? Like now he's not career met Jacob deGrom. He's still two times Cy Young award winner, pitched in the world series
0: rookie of the year
1: rookie of the year uh like one of the best pitchers to ever pitch for our franchise jacob de like he's still all of those things and nothing can change that but does he get his number retired for example um is there like you know there's a seaver statue if he if jacob de grom had been career met he might have gotten a statue right next to tom seaver now i don't think that at least that's going to happen do you think he gets his number retired
0: I think it all depends how this contract goes. Like, here's the thing: if the Mets signed him to this exact contract, and he blows out his arm next year, I think the same questions are asked.
1: Yeah, possibly. Although I think it's like
0: it's less. I think it's more likely that he gets his number retired and all that, right? But I but I still think that the question gets asked. I think there's a there, there's sort of two dominoes that have to fall for him to get the Mets number of retirement and, you know, all of that. The first one has to be that he has to say nice things about the Mets right away. And he will, everyone does, but he has to, he can't be walking around with a grudge against the Mets. If that happens, Mets fans will turn on him very, very quickly. But the second thing that has to happen is he cannot exceed what he did with the Mets, with the Rangers. If he matches what he did with the Ranger, with the Mets, with the Rangers, I think Mets fans will allow that. If he somehow exceeds that, then I think all bets are off. We we honor players who had their best years as a Met, unless you're Willie Mays, but Willie Mays is special. You know, Jerry Kuzman did not pitch his entire career for the Mets. Tom Seaver did not pitch his entire career for the Mets. Mike Piazza didn't play his whole career for the Mets. Keith Hernandez didn't play his whole career for the Mets. But we love those guys because of what they did while they were Mets. But I think if Tom Seaver was even better for the Reds, it's a different conversation. I know he threw a no-hitter for for other teams, but it's different. He was was the franchise with the Mets. He was never that again. And so to me, if if DeGrom can keep being very good but never reaching the high heights he did with the Mets, then I think all that stuff still probably happens.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just wonder if, like, uh, it's it's silly and this shouldn't, like, affect the... Because, like, number retirements and things like that are up to, you know, the organization. It's not mm-hmm. up to the fans. But, like, the fans are going to feel differently about him now, even if even even if that's not deserved, because they're going to say he chose to walk.
0: Will know, they like, remember that ten years from now? I mean, they're not going to forget it. But w- never will it...
1: underestimate the ability of Mets fans <laughs> to be petty bitches, Brian.
0: Oh, I agree. But but my question is, like, will it be? Will it matter in ten years? Like, for instance, I was I was blessed to be at Old Timers Day this year.
1: Yes. And
0: it was fucking awesome for so many reasons. Old and Day lo-
1: ruled. I wasn't there, but it ruled. Yes, it, it
0: absolutely ruled. And there are a lot of players there that did not end their Mets tenure in the most pleasant way. Right. who got near standing ovations at Old Timer's Day. True. You know, Daniel Murphy went to the fucking Nationals. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Dana Murphy, once he became a homophobe, was dead to me anyway. But the, the Daniel Murphy got a ton of applause there. Jose Reyes went to the Marlins and got a ton of applause, right? Like there people forget this stuff after a little while, as long as you don't come back to kill the Mets.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And so that's really how I feel about this. I think as long as Degrom isn't doesn't come back and bite the Mets, he's not better than he was as a Met, which I can't see how he could be. I think I think his legacy as a Met is safe. And I think this has all the markings of an interview in 15 years on SNY with him saying, you know what? I should have never left the Mets.
1: <laughs> that would that would be amazing. I'd love that. Um, That would be some vindication. I, I don't know. I think. I think it hits a little different for DeGrom and some of these other guys you mentioned, because like in a lot of these other cases, like The these guys walked because the Mets weren't trying to bring them back like the Mets didn't really try to bring Daniel Murphy back. They didn't actually think like his his power surge was for real. It clearly was. And so that was frustrating. And he went on to kill the Mets. But like that is the Mets fault for not recognizing what they had and that it was real. Um the Mets weren't particularly interested in bringing Jose Reyes back long term, although they did eventually did bring him back. Um, Even though he was a domestic abuser, they brought him back uh, after he sucked again. Um, So, you know, but, but in that moment, they, they, they chose David Wright over Jose Reyes. They knew that they probably couldn't keep both. They should have kept both, but they couldn't keep both. Um, So they, they chose David Wright over Jose Reyes. And But in this case, it doesn't seem to be it seems to be that the player made the choice to leave like the player did not want to be a New York Met, which I don't begrudge him for that because he should jump at the first chance when a team that he might want to play for gives him five years at, at his age. Like, sure, take that. I don't begrudge him for it. But there are fans that absolutely will.
0: Well, okay. Here's a question for you: Is he is the best comp for him, Daryl Strawberry?
1: Huh.
0: Strawberry yeah. was a beloved Met Possibly. who de- who decided to leave to go to decided he, to he, leave. He, To be fair, he went to his hometown team with the Dodgers. A little bit different here, you know. It, this if Degrom signed with the Rays, this would be the equivalent, which would the never Rays. happen. But you know. Um, But you know, if you look what happened with Strawberry, so Strawberry signed at the end of the nineteen ninety season, and he was released in ninety four. Now, granted, that was drug related. That's a very, very different situation. But nobody begrudges Straw. When people see Strawberry now, no, they're not upset. They're not upset. They don't think of him leaving. They think of him as a Met
1: and i mean i don't uh strawberry was like a bit before my time as a fan
0: yeah i'm old i like, get it cool
1: <laughs> but like was was he at the peak of his powers when he left yes yeah so it is kind of I mean, similar i
0: mean i mean let's 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 say this so in 88 strawberry hit 39 home runs right and had a 911 ops never forget um in 89 his last year as a met he had 29 home runs, but he kind of had a, a a rough batting average year. Yeah. But the Mets just missed the playoffs in that year.
1: Right, right. And so
0: it's not like he was, you know, and then in, in 90, he hit 38, sorry, 37 home runs. And again, the Mets came in second, just, by, just lost the, the division by three games. He was the third in the MVP voting in 1990, and then yeah, he walked. So- I guess that
1: is kind of the comp, uh, even though DeGrom's been like more injured than Strawberry was at that point. But like he's still DeGrom, even though he's been injured when he does pitch, he's still he's still at the peak of his powers. So. Right,
0: right. And then I guess, you know, maybe you talk about uh, Doc Gooden. As a comp as well. Um, But, you know, Doc Gooden's last couple of years as a Met were really troubled. Yes. Yes. It's a very different situation. Um but yeah, I I think in terms of his legacy, I think he'll be okay with this. Yeah, probably. I also think that there is a certain amount of forgiveness that comes with being an all-time great. Yeah. Like you you will you will forgive certain things of your ex players when they're all time greats. You know, um I'm trying to think of a good example. I mean, is host the example here? host I mean, left the Cardinals for the money and was yeah, welcomed sure. back at the end of his career with open arms. Yeah. Cardinals fans suck in a different way than Mets fans suck. So I yeah. don't know if that's an exact one to one comp.
1: But yeah. You understand what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I do. And I think you're right. Um yeah, I think I think that like this is maybe just raw for me right now. It's and it's not even like I'm not forgiving DeGrom for leaving. It's it's more like I've just seen like the, how fast like fans turn on players on Twitter and maybe it's just like not representative of the wider fan base.
0: Yeah, I also think that there's a lot of time for DeGrom to milk some sympathy out of this if the Rangers are bad.
1: <laughs> yeah. You
0: know. Um it is going to be very interesting because as of the new uh as of the new schedule, the Mets will play the Rangers this year.
1: They will indeed.
0: Uh new new notes here from Joel Sherman. The Mets offer to Grom was three years in the 120 million range. Sides were in contact Thursday, but no back and forth on Friday. There was no if you can top this bidding. The Mets got word from Degrom Camp not much before the world found out that he was going to the Rangers.
1: Yeah, I mean that kind of sounds about right. <laughs> like how it would play out. Like, I mean, Mets offer is reasonable. Like I I mean, I who knows if given the opportunity, if the Mets would have topped the Rangers offer, but five years five years is a lot. I mean, to me, again, I I said this before and I'll say it again, you can't put a price tag on making your You're one of the best pitchers to ever pitch for your franchise, a lifetime Met, so sure, but like five years is a lot of years. It is. It's more years than I thought he would get.
0: Agreed. And I think, like we were saying before, for any team other than the Mets to offer five years seems a little bit crazy to me.
1: Yeah, it does. Yeah. Like, I don't, again, I don't understand where the Rangers are really coming from.
0: So before we wrap this up, I mean I think this first of all, this happened at a, I don't want to say happened at a good time for the Mets. But the winter meetings of this week of this coming week and I think this this gives the Mets a lot more clarity as to what they have to do this offseason. Do you yeah. see Steve Cohen getting uh getting his his uh his anger up here and doing whatever he can to bring in all the players right now. Is this the Steven Matz agent moment? I was gonna, gonna say
1: if 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 Steven Matz spurning the Mets made him rage spend, I can't even imagine the rage spending that should occur if, if with from Jacob deGrom spurning the Mets. It's like a much bigger blow than Steven Matz's agent. Mm-hmm. Um so I mean I think. Will he like go absolutely buck wild? I have no idea. Will he sign Justin Verlander? Probably, like, Im- like almost immediately. Probably, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I think that he knows, and the Mets know that bare minimum they need to get. Now that Degrom is off the table, they need to get one of the best, other best starting pitchers available, and that's basically Justin Verlander or Carlos Rodone. There's like really nobody else that's even close um verlander is you know he old. is old <laughs> he is uh close to jake he's like jacob de Gram level like good when you know like but he's old four so, years older
0: yeah
1: uh that's a huge risk um and Rondone is younger, much younger than DeGrom, so I could see him getting the five years, you know, five years plus, but he's also just simply not as good as DeGrom or Verlander. Um, yep. Not even really close to as good, um, but a little bit of a safer bet as far as age is concerned. Um I think sadly, uh, even though they probably could use both of them, I don't think they're gonna go for both. It's gonna be one of those two plus something else. Although maybe the rage spending will be like Verlander and Sangha. That'd be cool.
0: I could see the two of them in Bassett. To me, that's that's the move. That's the move that Cohen's gonna make.
1: Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be a pretty good rotation, honestly. I mean, I'd still be like really bummed out, like every time like, I don't know. It's gonna take Regardless of what the Mets do or do not do, it's this is gonna take some time for me to get used to. Like like uh not having DeGrom in the rotation. Like I know that we I know that we got used to it during times when he was injured, but like this is different, you know, like it's
0: totally different, yes.
1: Just like it's it's gonna take a while to sink in, like just realizing how lucky we were to watch the best to ever do it like Pitch in 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 a Mets uniform, and now he's going to be in a different uniform. It's going to be really bizarre and weird, and I don't want to think about how it's going to feel like the Twilight Zone to watch him like wear a Rangers uniform.
0: Gross. Somehow the Rangers uniform will bother me less than I am not even saying like I'm not even saying the team he's playing for, but the Rangers uniform is less offensive than if he was. Um, I'm trying to think who like the what the what the worst uniform to see him in for an aesthetic reason, not for a competitive reason. Oh, an aesthetic reason, yeah. Um, Uh, Let's see. I hate the Phillies, just the boring red and white uniforms. Maybe that's the uh, maybe that's the one for me.
1: Yeah, their powder blue ones are good though.
0: Those are ostensibly good. I, I can't argue with that. But and the
1: cream ones are good, but the the regular like white ones with the red pinstripes on them, I don't like. And the road ones are bad.
0: Yeah, maybe like an old Devil Rays gradient ugly.
1: <laughs> I think like I'm trying to think of like what uniform would like because it's like there's uniforms that I personally hate and then there's uniforms that I just think like are totally off for DeGrom's vibe.
0: Right. Yes, that's what I yes. think we have
1: to like come up with. Like what is the most under uniform you can imagine?
0: Um. um let's see here.
1: I think it might be like the Rockies.
0: Oh no, nah, I kind of can. I think his long frame would go well with a sleeveless jersey.
1: I guess, like I'm trying to think, like like he's like the least flashy guy imaginable. So like the super like, like he would look horrendous in the like um San Diego Padres like uh play like the the City Connects. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like those bright fluorescent city connects, I think he would want to die if he had to wear that.
0: <laughs> uh, let me th- let me think here. Um, uh, Maybe. Oh, you know what? I cannot picture him in an Oakland uniform. The Oakland days.
1: Oh, that'd be weird. Yeah.
0: I mean, first of all, they would never afford him, but that's a whole other story.
1: Yeah, that'd be weird.
0: What is the gold and the and the green? I couldn't see him going with.
1: I agree with that. Or like, oh, my God, like the Diamondbacks.
0: Oh, yeah. Yep. Any that'd of those? that'd be really weird. Yeah, any of those wouldn't, any of their uniforms wouldn't work. No matter which area you're talking about, it wouldn't work.
1: It wouldn't work at all.
0: Yeah. Um. And look, here's the last thing I want to say. I'm going to give you the last word on this, but the last thing I want to say on this subject is nothing DeGrom can do from today forward will ever change what he did as a Met already for me. Um. I got to see some of the best games of my Mets watching career with the ground on the hill he's awesome he's great I will forever cherish those memories with him as a Met um I I get it on a dollars and sustainability for his like he can now plan out the rest of his life because based on this and yeah, I yeah more or I, less I, I get that completely it's great it's good for him Will this ever not hurt? If he is really bad going forward, maybe this won't hurt. But I can't really imagine that because he's Jacob fucking DeGrom. Um, but I will say, no matter what, thank you, Jake, for what we got so far. And let's go Mets.
1: Yeah. Yep. I, I agree. I think what makes this tough is I feel... An immense amount of pain about this because Jacob deGrom is probably my favorite player that I've ever watched play um, and I don't have anywhere to direct that pain because I'm not angry at him for leaving I'm not angry at the Mets because it seems like they tried um, and I can never be angry as as a pro-labor podcast I can never be angry at the player for doing what's best for him and his family Um, and I can't be angry at the Mets for not trying. And and so this is kind of the first time I feel like I've been in this situation as a fan where like I am sad and hurt and I have no one to be mad (laughs) at about it because like usually when I'm sad and hurt, I'm not being sad and hurt as a Mets fan is no, I'm no stranger to that at all, but usually it's because I can be like really pissed off at the Mets Or like, you know, really pissed off at the player for breaking my heart a la Jose Reyes, like committing domestic violence, you know, like I can be like that was probably before like that was probably one of my most heartbreaking moments as a fan was like the Jose Reyes thing and like the Mets bringing him back. Like there were very specific people to direct my anger at and my sadness at in those cases this time. It's just not I just like feel sad and that's tough to sit with. You know, that's that's really tough to sit with as a fan.
0: The Um, only cure for that to me is a crazy winter meetings.
1: Yes. Yes. Like I need the Mets to start signing players right away so I can just so I can think about something else. Not even like revenge or anything like that or like, oh, I need the Mets to be really good. Otherwise, this will be so sad. Like, I mean, that's true. But like, I just need to be I need to think about something else. That's not this, please, for the love of God.
0: Yeah, the, the the sticking point here is that I think, while Steve Cohen might feel that way, I don't know how much his front office feels that way. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what Billy
1: Epler. I don't know whatever is. I, I I can't get a good gauge on what is going on in the Epler noggin at oh, any point in time.
0: No, no, I have no clue. No, no idea whatsoever. Idea.
1: I have no um, idea. Like with I guess I don't know if it's because like he was a more predictable human being or because like we just got to know him so well. But like Sandy Alderson, I kinda of, for good or for ill, I kind of like knew where his head was at almost at all times. Yes. But like with Epler, I have no idea what he's like thinking now.
0: <laughs> That's an excellent point. I mean, I I literally could not tell you what kind of a GM he is, because I have no idea.
1: And he's been GM for a
0: year. <laughs> but but I mean, he, under his tenure, the Mets did sign. Wait, wait, was he there when they signed Scherzer or no?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I thought he came in after that.
1: Uh, I thought he signed. Maybe I'm wrong.
0: I'm looking this up. Um, But like, you know, yes, he, he has he has been around yeah okay so yes he was he was just there he was hired in november he was hired like
1: right before they made all the signings because the mets like because i remember they hired him in like mid-november and then they like did the black friday like crazy right
0: yeah exactly so yes he signed max scherzer but he also totally fucked up the playoff push at the at the deadline yeah so i have no idea i had no idea what he's like
1: yeah i still don't i have no i have no idea what kind of gm he is uh maybe like i don't know I think we just need a larger sample size to find out.
0: Yes. Uh, I also wish the Mets had hired a new president of baseball operations by now. Same. Because that that would just make things more clear as well.
1: Yep. Would be nice. Would be nice, however.
0: Yeah, it would be. Well, uh, thank you, folks, for joining us in this emergency podcast. Uh, we appreciate it. Allison, where can folks find you online?
1: I am at Petit PhD on Twitter for as long as Twitter does not burn to the ground.
0: Uh, that that's a question that is constantly up in the air as well right now. Uh, <laughs> when will Twitter finally go? It all
1: feels very tenuous, but um, I'm on Twitter at Petit PhD. Um, if Twitter burns to the ground, you can find a pot of their own on Instagram and TikTok at a pot of their own, and we also have a Discord server. So yes, it is there.
0: If you're not listening to a pod of your own, you're wrong. Just putting it out there. So listen to a pod of their own. Uh, I am also on Twitter, at least for now, at App. You can find this show and all of our Amazing Avenue podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts. We are there. Please rate, review, and subscribe to those shows. That helps us quite a bit. Um, Amazing Avenue is always doing Mets-related stuff. And, uh, you know, check us out. And uh, until next time, thanks, Jake, but let's fucking go Mets.